It may be real, but is it real good? Hi, and welcome to the Write Where We Belong podcast. This series serves the storytellers, dreamers, plotters, and schemers of the writing community. I'm Steve. We love to keep it real, but how real is too real? Let's take the example of a newbie writer presenting at a critique group. The newbie reads a piece that contains a well-imagined scene with his main character going about the mundane activities of the day. While the idea behind the scene is awesome, and the writing is grammatically correct, it is not well-received. Someone says it drags a bit, maybe remove some detail. The newbie defends his piece by saying, but it's the way it happened. And he's right. It's the way it happened, or in the case of a short story or a novel, the way he visualized it. But as fiction writers, it's not our job to report the way it happened. Our job is to stylize and shape the real world so that we can convey authenticity. We need to give the illusion of reality rather than the actual drudgery. After all, the only thing worse than being trapped in a mundane world is having to read about it. Jack Webb, who created the radio and TV series Dragnet, was a master of realistic illusion. He condensed a two-week investigation into a half-hour broadcast and still managed to transmit Joe Friday's weariness and boredom without boring those who wanted to know the story. At the beginning of each show, the narrator proclaimed, The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. The names weren't the only things changed. Webb picked and chose the events during the investigation that he wanted highlighted. Does that mean he lied through omission? No. He told the story and the full story without bogging us down in the details. Surprisingly, less reality can make things in your story seem more realistic. Speaking of ordinary and humdrum, let's take a look at how I approach the scene in my upcoming novel, Dead Man's Float. The chapter is mission critical to the story. An ordinary stack of reports contain information that could ultimately uncover the reason why someone was murdered or provide a red herring. Without it, the story cannot move forward. Dave, the protagonist, has been working himself to death on a project. I went into great detail in my first draft about how tedious his research was, described his walk around the office to clear his head, what he did when he had to reboot his computer, and so on. The approach helped to give me a sense of place and a sense of tone. Three pages, mostly beautiful prose, some garbage. It was the absolutely wrong approach. Sure, there's a time and place for three pages of description. John Steinbeck could write pages about Salinas, but I'm no Steinbeck. So in my rewrite, I trimmed it down, implied the passage of time, and showed how Dave was affected physically and emotionally from being hunched over his desk for hours. Three pages became two paragraphs. Easier said than done, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it involved a bit of a mind shift. We're actually experts in trimming down the fat in the story. In our real lives, even if we don't realize it, we instinctively leave out extraneous information almost every time we talk about something we did or saw. We provide details that add realism, but we balance that level of detail against the need to keep people interested in what we have to say. Think of it this way. When you talk to a friend about the awful day getting your car repaired, you don't provide a full play-by-play, you just hit the highlights. The guy taking down the information on your car ignored you and then was rude. 
They took the car and they didn't touch it for three hours. They charged you 400 bucks and wanted you to pay an extra 300 for something that you replaced three months ago. The cashier gave you attitude. You might throw in some extraneous details to add a touch of humor or to help your friends empathize with you, but you tend to keep the story short. As writers, we want to provide realism, but we need to be efficient to keep the readers engaged. Yes, you have to keep it real. You just don't have to make it real long. Thanks for listening to the Right Where We Belong podcast. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe. For you social media junkies out there, join our community on Facebook at 3WB Podcast, where we'll explore the aspects of writing that you care about the most. Follow us at Right Where We Belong on Instagram and Pinterest. To continue the conversation on Twitter, please use the hashtag 3WB Podcast. Like us on Facebook, tolerate us everywhere else. See you next time. Until then, be the writer you need to be. Thank you.